Hi there, welcome to the Causeway Coast Vineyard podcast. We are a church who are passionate about seeing the transformation of individuals and institutions in our city through the generations to see all things new in our community. We hope you enjoy this message. So our greatest desire is to be a people, to be a church that live lives that are actually bigger than our lives themselves. We, we have a desire that we would live a life that goes beyond our years, right? We don't wanna just live a life that, that's good for while we're alive on this earth, but actually we wanna set up something so that the next generations walk into increase. We believe that that's God's intention. We believe that that's the way that he designed his church to work is that we would always pass on increase to increase to increase. And we wanna be a church that sees sustainable generation, uh, sustainable transformation throughout the generations. So that's why if you've been around here any length of time, you'll hear us talk about a 100-year vision because that's what we want to see. And we identified five areas that we think God has graced us in as a community so that we can give more away to the next generation. And one of the ways that we want to do that is through being a family of connection, through being a people of connection. And you'll see our dream on uh, the screen right now. And uh, we just want to be those kind of people, right, that, that help to prioritize healthy, inclusive relationships in all areas of our community. We've seen throughout the years, not just the past two with COVID, even though that has accelerated it, the breakdown of connection. We've seen people live separate lives rather than connected lives. And we want to see that change over the next 100 years, right? That's what we want to, that's what we want to do. That's what we want to be a part of. Now, I know if you're part of CCV, you've already learned that all word by word. And we could throw a mic out into the, to you guys today and you would just repeat it back to me right now. But just in case you haven't, one of the ways that we've summarized it in this series, Closing the Space Between Us, is we've talked about what we want to see in our community as a move from isolation into family. We want to see people who are isolated experience what it is to be in family. And what we've said is that those of us who are followers of Jesus, those of us who know him personally, that we need to understand that we are that we are called by him, that we are trusted by him, that we are equipped by him, and that we are released by him. And then Liz talked about the four spaces, and that was within the kind of church structures, but actually it's bigger than that. That's just, that if you remember Liz last week with broccoli, that's just like an example of actually what we want to see in the community. We want to be those kind of people in community spaces when we're walking down the town, when we're at the beach, when we're trying to get a parking spot on the prom on a Sunday night. We want to be the those kind of people, whenever we're in the supermarket, wherever we're at a sports match or a concert or something like that, we want to be those kind of people. Whenever we're in connected spaces, whenever we're in our restaurants or workplaces or maybe parties or something that we're at, we want to be those kind of people. And we want to be them in connected in the small spaces with our friends, with our family. And what that does is that changes us. So we start becoming not consumers of our city, but welcomers in our city. We start to move from being attenders of events to being includers at events. We move from being acquaintances who recognize people to friends who know people. And ultimately that transforms us into being family, to being mothers and fathers in our community and in our city. 
And over these past number of weeks, we've just been hearing some stories, some ways that actually you guys have been engaging in that, whether you've been doing that and through watching online, whether it's through being here in person. I'd love to invite Joel to come back up again and actually just share some of those stories. Joel is a part of our staff team here, and Joel's job ultimately is to make sure that we are always pushing out, to make sure that we are always reaching out into our community and seeing God move in those places. Could you share just a few of the stories you have, Joel? We had some great stories coming in. Um, I wrote a list of some of my favorite ones. Uh, we had people out in parks, connecting with people in gyms, saying hello, making friends. Uh, people, somebody in a cafe giving a gift voucher to a young family, which I think is amazing. Uh, somebody who even was in a hospital and in the hospital getting treatment started to get to know the people around them and deliberately give their time away to other people. Um, one that I think is great, somebody uh, bumped into somebody else with their, because they had their earphones in, didn't see them come in, bumped into them, I would have just run off embarrassed, but in that moment they were like, actually, I want to make friends with this person, I want to get to know them. And then uh, playing fetch with other people's dogs, not for me, but I could see you doing that, Neil. <laughs> I'd like someone to play fetch with my dog, that would be great. <laughs> Um, and then, yeah, I think probably the one that really, really stuck out to me in a, in a really interesting way this week was somebody who, who woke up one day and they told us this, that one day they just said to their wife, um, I am going to actually make time to take the train to work every day. And the reason I'm going to do that is because I want to actually say hello and greet and welcome the people who walk on the way in. It's just such a small thing, but what he said was that he noticed people weren't, you know, walking by and saying hello and, and, and waving. Then he said when he started to do it, he noticed a change. When he was coming back the week after, he noted people starting to wave and, and greet. And I just think that's a pretty cool way to step out. So good. Yes, and thank you, Joe. And just like seemingly small, simple, intentional changes that people are making to their lives in order to be a people of connection, right? That's what it is. It, it, it's just these small moments. And, and we, we actually, we're taking this really seriously because if you've been journeying this series, you'll realize that God takes this incredibly seriously. And so we're gonna do something this morning we don't normally do, so if this is your first time at a service, don't worry. Uh, you don't need to worry about the next uh, little bit of this. Um, but here's, here's what I wanna do. I wanna invite you both whether you're in person or whether you're watching online, and online you can put this in the comments, but if you're in person here today, I want you to stand in a minute. If you, over the past three weeks or four weeks of journey in this series, have made some intentional changes to how you've spent your day-to-day -day based on what we have talked about, okay? So whether you were a brilliant connector before or a terrible connector, that's me, before, whether you actually over the past four weeks have said, I'm going to step into even more in this and I'm going to be intentional. So if that's you, why don't you stand? And don't be Northern Irish about it. Just stand if you've made any kind of intentional changes in doing that. Okay? First thing we want to do is, for those of us that are sitting down, can we honor these people for leading the way in that? I want to thank you guys. Really, really good. And if you guys online, we want to thank those of you. Okay, you can take your seat. Just amazing. Um, however, quite a low percentage of this room stood up. And uh, I want to talk about a couple of exemptions before I say what I want to say next. Um, if you're someone who's brand new 
to Causeway Coast Vineyard, you've been coming to services, maybe your first week, maybe you're um, not following Jesus just now and uh, you've come here for whatever reason, I want, I want to let you know in this next bit, I'm not going to talk to you, okay, that sounds really rude, I don't mean it like that, it'll be a good thing. Or maybe you're just someone and you've been going through unspeakable tragedy and difficulty over this past season and actually just to, to even watch online or to be in a service is just a win this morning and I want to say you're exempt from this next bit. For the rest of us, do you know what I'm really concerned about? I'm really concerned that COVID has caused us to fall asleep in our faith or maybe to have a nap or be a bit drowsy. And I know even when I've said that, there's some of us listening to that and straight away we're thinking, that is so true. There's others of us and the first thing we thought when I said that was, I wish so-and-so was here to hear that. If that was our first thought, it's probably you I'm talking to. Because actually some of us have fallen asleep in our faith and do you know the people that I've noticed are falling asleep the most? The people who've been following Jesus the longest. You see, there's something that, that happens. The longer that we follow Jesus, I wish it didn't happen because it shouldn't happen. And potentially, maybe the older we get, perhaps the more comfortable we get in life. What begins to happen is we start to get into a place where we're thinking, do you know what? I'm probably not going to lose my faith in Jesus right now because we've journeyed way too far for me to go back on that. So, hey, I'm probably not going to lose my faith, so it'll be okay to cruise for a while. If we're married, maybe we would say, do you know what, my marriage is good, it's probably not going to break down right now, so it's probably okay, we can cruise. Maybe with our finances, do you know what, I'm probably not going to get into debt, and I'm just going to be comfortable, I'm going to cruise, I'm going to make it, but I'm here to tell you we need to wake up. We need to be awakened from our slumber. This week I heard of someone who described a bit of that journey, that they, they were going through some of that journey that I've just described of, of perhaps falling asleep in their faith. And when I heard about the journey that they'd had, I said, hey, would you, could you get them to email me? I want to know. I want to hear from their perspective what has happened in their faith, because I think it could be helpful for all of us here today or watching online. So I'd love to share with you the email that they wrote me, because I think it's really powerful. This is what they say. I've been around Cosby Coast Vineyard for quite a few years now. One of the reasons I love going and being a part of the church is the way I've always felt challenged to take risks with my faith. There's always been a challenge to be the church that has left the building and I've always pushed myself to take risks. However, over the past few years and especially through lockdown, I felt I hadn't been stepping out enough and I felt that I was living my faith within myself. And so I was listening to the first talk in this series, Closing the Space Between Us, where we were challenged to slow down, to take risks, and to talk to people around us. In truth, after the service, I didn't feel challenged in the service. And a week later, I was sharing how I felt with a good friend. The reason I call them a good friend is because they graciously pointed out to me that perhaps the challenge to risk our faith was still coming from the stage, but perhaps it was an issue with me. And maybe I wasn't hearing the challenge anymore. I began to wonder if I was just doing church and had stopped being the church. Even though immediately I knew my friend was right, I reflected on what they'd said over the next few days and I listened back to the talk. Sure enough, the challenge was as clear as could be. Anyone 
could see and hear the challenge. Unless, of course, they were like me and had been playing safe and had chosen not to hear or step up to the challenge. The penny dropped. And instead of looking out and blaming others for not challenging me, I started looking inwards and I saw how I had been choosing to hear what I wanted and how I had chosen to play safe. I realized it's easier to look out and blame than look in and inspect. I've since asked the Father to forgive my attitude of playing safe. And I thank my friend for lovingly pointing out that maybe I was the problem and not others. I fear for some of us we've lost our urgency. I fear for some of us we've forgotten that his kingdom is here and it is ever increasing. I fear that some of us have forgotten that we are called to push in for more and more that the Father has for us. And to use the language from this, some of us have exchanged being the church to just doing church stuff. And so I want to awaken us this morning with this simple reminder, we are the church. We are the church, right? Created by the Father, redeemed by the Son, released by the Holy Spirit to partner with the kingdom of God in this place. We are the church. There's no other plan. God doesn't have a backup. If if we don't do it, he's gonna wait for another generation who will. I don't want him to have to wait. This is not a time to sleep. The Apostle Paul, who who writes a lot in the New Testament, he once was writing a letter to a church in a place called Ephesus, and they were people who were struggling as well. They'd fallen asleep. They'd forgotten some of the teaching, and this is what he says. This is why it is said, wake up, sleeper, rise from the dead and Christ will shine on you. Be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Folks, this isn't a time for us to sleep. So as we look this morning at what we need to look at, let's not sleepwalk into it. Amen? Amen. Okay. Okay. God is amazing. (laughs) God is absolutely amazing. One of the things I think that I find the most amazing about God is that God lives outside of our time, of our space, of our matter, that God is everywhere that we are. It's it's unbelievable to me that, that God is present with me here and he's present with someone on the other side of the world at exactly the same time and he's just as present. That that thing, it just blows my mind. And at the very beginning of this series, we looked at Psalm 139 that talks about this and the person that wrote the Psalm, he talks about how God is everywhere. It's on the screen just behind me now. God is everywhere, that, that he couldn't escape from God's presence even if he wanted to. He wasn't trying to, but God was just everywhere. He's so near. And what he's trying to express in the psalm is that God is a God who wants connection. God is a God who wants relationship. God's intention is that there would never have been space between us and him. That was his desire. And so you might be wondering, well, maybe it was just that dude that God didn't want space with. But actually, throughout the scriptures, it echoes again and again and again and again, this desire of God wanting to be close to us, right? Psalm 145, the Lord is near to all who call on him. John 14, I'll give you another advocate. He's talking about the Holy Spirit to help you and be with you for how long? Forever, the spirit of truth. 
At Hebrews 13, 5, God has said, never will I leave you. Never will I forsake you. That means if we're in the room today or watching online and we have a relationship with Jesus, we are never on our own. Never. But that causes a wrestle in us. Do you know why? Because sometimes we feel alone. So, So we have the knowledge We should never be alone because God is everywhere and he is with us. But we have the feeling that sometimes we feel alone. And so we wrestle with this. Is it it the truth of what God said or is it my experience and how I felt? And what we tend to do is we adopt the motto of our time right now, which is, I feel, therefore I am. And so instead of choosing God's truth, we choose our feeling. And we live it out. And we said, again, really early on in this series, that one of the things that's made connection hard for us in our modern day lives is that we have swallowed a lie of connection. That we haven't understood the truth of what God has taught us and what his intention was for us. So in the time we've got left, I want to try and reframe again what God's intention is for us when it comes to this idea of being a people of connection. And maybe how we've misinterpreted that over the last number of years, well actually the last number of thousands of years. And what we want to do is we want to go back to the book of Genesis, the very start of the scripture. The reason we go there, because we get a short window at that time what earth looked like without isolation. We get a short window of what it looked like without pain. And so we want to look there. And what we understand from the first two chapters of Genesis is that God wanted connection with Adam, who was his creation. That that God and Adam had a relationship, that there was a connection, a bond between them. There was something that was incredible that, that when God was in the Garden of Eden and when he would show up there, he expected Adam to be there. That's why later on, a chapter later in Genesis, when God turns up in the Garden and Adam isn't there, God's like, Adam, where are you? Why? Because he had an expectation that he'd find Adam there and they would hang out. They had a relationship there. But even though this was the intention, we find this really strange verse in Genesis chapter 2, verse 18, and it says this, the Lord said, it is not good for the man to be alone. I will make a helper suitable for him. This is the first time, and those of you who've read the Bible know this, this is the first time in the Bible that God has said that something is not good. Up to that point, everything's been good. Trees, plants, animals, good. Light, good. Sea, good. Humans, very good. Adam being on his own, not good. And we've made jokes about this before. Like, what was Adam doing that made God say that? Right? Was it just that he didn't ask for directions? Was he trying to climb a tree and fail? I don't know. Whatever it was. But there's a reason that God says that it was not good. And here's the thing, this this actually points, there's two reasons that I want to give you that. And I believe it's bigger than some of the reasons we've thought before. Sometimes we've used verses like this to say, well, that means we all must get married. And that's not what God is talking about here. I think there's a part of something that we can teach in marriage in that. But that God's talking about something way bigger than that. There's two reasons that God says it's not good for Adam to be alone. Here's the first thing, is that Adam on his own couldn't fully represent the image of God. Adam on his own couldn't fully represent the image of God. We are told that God created humankind in his image. Okay, that's a plural word. That he created humankind. So he created more than just one person in his image. 
that he created humankind. That's all of us, right? Wherever we are today, that's all of us, right? If you're a human, give me a wave if you're a human. There's a few different wave. You've either fallen asleep or we need a new talk. Um, we're all human, right? So I, I'm created in the image of God. Jenny is created in the image of God. You might have noticed Jenny and I look different. Like we're both young, cool, and all that sort of stuff. <laughs> Jenny's just a little younger than me, a lot younger than me. We're different, right? But I am no more created in the image of God than Jenny is. So when I, um, I, I can say I, I am created in the image of God, that is true, but when Jenny is beside me here, actually we better represent the image of God than just I do. And if Janet got up and Paul got up and Tori got up, actually the five of us would represent the image of God better than Jenny and I did. And if all of us were able to get up onto stage and stand up, all of us would represent the image of God better than the five of us would. And if the thousands of us in this community do that, you get it? So it's not that one of us doesn't represent the image of God, it's just that when all of creation comes together, it better represents the image of God and his difference. Okay? So Adam on his own couldn't fully do it. So God said, we need more. It's not good for him to be alone. And therefore, the second reason that God said that it is not good is that Adam on his own couldn't worship God to the fullness that he deserved. The H is capital, because it's God. Not what Adam deserved, but what God deserved. Because here's the thing. It is good to worship as an individual, but it is better to worship when it's his creation together, right? So it's good to sing songs, to to worship God in our everyday moments, but there is something more that happens when we're together. Some of you uh, who may be here in person today, it might be the first time that you've been here and whenever we sang and whenever we worshiped together, there was just something like, this sounds better than my kitchen than just me and my own. Something more happens in that. As Psalm, or Psalm 93, sorry, verses 1 to 3 in the message says this, Sing God a brand new song, earth and everyone in it. Sing to God, worship God. Shout the news of his victory from sea to sea. Take the news of his glory to the lost, news of his wonders to who? One and all, everyone. Our everyday living is good, but when we do it together, something changes. It's more than I'm not (laughs) advertising an insurance company there. I've just realized it's come into my head. Um, Okay? Now, that's for followers of Jesus, yes, but it's also bigger than that. It's all creation. The earth and everyone in it. Okay, in the New Testament, as we move into the New Testament, the uh, New Testament was mostly written in Greek, and there's a word that's used in the Greek that is translated into English in a few different ways. One of the ways it's been translated into to talk about God's intention for connection is a word that you would have heard maybe if you've um, been in church for a long time. Uh, you probably won't hear it much in this uh, church, but it's the word fellowship, right? Fellowship. Okay, uh, and again, Jenny does a lot of our designs right here. Jenny, why is there no words like fellowship on our posters? Because make it accessible. Because <laughs> I said to make it accessible, Jenny said yes. And part of the reason we don't use the word fellowship anymore is we don't see it showing up in many other places in culture. But, but actually, the word that's used in the Greek quite often is translated into fellowship. The other ways that it's translated is a close association with one another, participation, sharing, contribution. Really what the word meant was is that God's intention for our connection with one another was meant to be an all-in thing. It wasn't a one-way thing. It was meant to be all of us together. 
was meant to be something that we did together. So let's even take some of those words. Let's take the word sharing. Sharing suggests that I bring something and that you bring something. If it's just me bringing something and you taking that something, that's called giving and taking. It's not sharing. It's, does that make sense? Sharing has to be a two-way thing, right? It's got to be more than just one of us. Let's take uh, participation. If participation, it should be me doing something and you doing something. If it's just one of us doing something, that's called spectating. It's just one of us watching the other one do it. Contribution requires me to bring something. It requires you to bring something. If it doesn't do that, then it's just personal effort. There has to be all of this together. Oh, I should open that. If we zoom out, because I realize we've rammed through that, what we find is that God's intention for connection is that it was meant to be all in. It was meant to be every one. It was meant to be by contribution, sharing, participation. It was meant to be one body. It was meant to be a team together. It was meant to be all sorts, shapes, and sizes. It was meant to be fused together. In fact, if you want a physical representation of it, it was meant to be like this. Together. Dependent upon one another. This is God's intention for connection. But that still takes us back to that difficult question that we said earlier. Why, if this was his intention, do we still sometimes not feel that? Well, here's the thing. One chapter later in the book of Genesis, we find that Adam, who's now been joined by Eve, chose to separate what God's intention for connection was in order to reach for something that they thought would be better than what he intended. So they took this all in, all sorts, everyone in this team thing that God wanted, and they said, I think we can do it better than this. And they began to grab for something that was different, and here's what they did. They began to move from God's intention of connection to consumption. They thought it was connection, but actually it was consumption. And over the next number of weeks, what we're going to do is we're going to be tracking through Scripture, working out how that decision to move to consumption actually moved us to a number of different decisions, which means that thousands of years later, we are where we are today. And this doesn't mean that you can't listen to the next four weeks, but here's the cheat code. Ultimately, most of what we today think is connection is not connection at all. It is actually consumption. We've been living a lie for many of us when it comes to connection. We've exchanged God's intention for something we thought would be even better and instead we've grabbed for consumption. And that's why we feel alone. I want you to think about some of the things that we've exchanged, okay? So we took God's all-in thing. We're all in, every part of you is in and what do we exchange it for? I'll give as much as I can whenever it suits me. We took God's all sorts, all shapes, all sizes, and we said, only the people I like and the people who like me. We took participation, contribution, and sharing, and we made it contractual. What have I given? 
And what have I received? How many text messages did I send you versus how much you sent me? That's who's the better friend. We took what was meant to be a team endeavor where we all played our part and we made it an individual pursuit for connection. (laughs) We took what was meant to be one anothering togetherness and we made it meanness. It's about me. And finally, we took what God had fused together and instead we forced it apart. And so instead of having a gesture of connection that was over here, we settled for consumption that was all about what we could get and what we could grab. We have moved from being people who had God's intention of connection and have instead settled for our definition of connection, which is actually consumption. (laughs) I wish at this point in the talk, I could promise you that I was gonna make it less painful. But I think I'm about to make it worse. Why don't you turn to your neighbor and say, I wish I'd stayed at home. (laughs) Online people, you can say, I'm glad I stayed at home. (laughs) Because here's the thing. Still, after all we've said today, there may be some of us listening to this still thinking, I wish this other person was here to hear that. But I want to highlight a few questions and a few statements that many of us, including me, have made that actually highlight that we have exchanged this for this. What about if we've ever asked a question like this, how can I get connected? Now that's a question that probably had a virtuous thing at the core, or we thought it did, and we were thinking, well, that's okay, I I wanna connect, and that's a good thing, but actually, who's the focus of that question? Me, me, how can I get connection? What might a better question be? If you want to keep the eye in there just to keep it comfortable, what about how can I provide connection for others? Or maybe a better question, how can we together be connection? Wouldn't that be a great question to ask? What about this statement? I don't need connection. Over the last two years, As a community, as a church, we've probably heard that sentence more than anything else, even more than the word unprecedented. (laughs) And again, I think the core of it consciously was actually an okay thing to say. What we were trying to say is, hey, you don't need to worry about me, I'm okay. I've got my friends, I don't want you to waste time on me, I'm gonna be just fine. But actually, who was the focus? Me. What would a better statement to have been? A better statement would have been, how can I help those who need connection? How can I help what I've experienced in my life, which is good, and how can I lend it to other people? Because I'm aware not everyone might have a family or friendship circle that I have. How can I lend connection in this season rather than I don't need connection? If we're saying phrases like, I don't need connection, we have just shown that we don't actually understand what connection is because it's not that. What about this? I need to find my people. Who are my tribe? It's the cool way to say it. <laughs> Who's there for me? I just need to find where I fit. What about, I just need to help others fit. I just want to help people find where they belong. I just want to make sure that everyone knows that they are known, that they are loved. 
It doesn't matter what they look like. That's what I want to spend my time doing. What if we actually went back from this and we went back to this again? Is it any wonder as a community we feel alone? God, forgive us. God, forgive us. (laughs) But here's the good news before I wreck your lunch. He has forgiven us. (laughs) He has. I don't want any of us to hear this morning as a disciplinary. (laughs) This is not a disciplinary. This is an invitation. Because here's the thing, God has not given up on his intention for connection. There isn't like, he hasn't gone like, do you know what, I'm done. I failed. I thought I could do it, but clearly I can't, so I'm finished. He hasn't given up. His kingdom is still advancing. And if he hasn't given up, then we can't give up, right? So it doesn't matter how much we think we failed in this, and I've fully admitted from this stage that I have failed in this so many times. We can still turn it around and embrace his intention for connection. It's not actually that difficult. Joel described it. It's maybe just getting the train, right? It's maybe just saying hello. Do you know one thing I've been doing and it's not working well is... um, and it, if we walk over to Sainsbury's, we, we bring the dog, and I stand outside the front door as close as I can with the dog, hoping that that will start conversations, <laughs> honestly. So people come, and they're like, nice dog, and then I'll th- what did I say? So I say, do you want her? <laughs> and most people look at me and go, he's horrible, and they walk on, but I am trying. And then I come home, and I lie down because I'm so tired from all the connection, but I'm trying. It's actually not that hard. But, well, it is, but it's getting easier. I think maybe another week. We can do it. It's about living every day in the small moments. Living every day, just maybe saying these things. Today, I am going to be a welcomer, not a consumer. Today, I am going to be an includer, not just an attender. Today, I am going to be a friend, not just an acquaintance. Today, I'm going to choose to be a mother or a father, regardless of what age I am or what stage I am in, because I want to be family for this community. And what we're going to do, we're going to, as you, as you leave the service today, we're going to give you a card with this on it so you can pin it on your fridge, your bathroom mirror, whatever's the thing you look at the most. <laughs> it's the fridge for me so that we're reminded every day in every way. You guys online, if we don't have a digital version for you, we will get one for you so that you can download that as well. Why would we do that? Why? Because God has welcomed us. Because God has included us. Because God has been our friend and God provides us family. Therefore, if we want to reflect his glory in the community around us, we are called to be these kind of people. Amen? Amen. Why don't we stand? We're going to pray. You just might want to close your eyes, bow your head. If this is new to you, all we're doing in this moment is we want to interact with God. We know that he's here, but this just creates some space for Um, for us to maybe talk to him, for him to talk to us personally. So come, Holy Spirit, we know you're here, but we just want to welcome you. 
Come and rest upon us. Come and rest with us. And I just want to leave just a minute in the silence for some of us to do business with God. And this is a moment for actually us maybe to ask the question that the person who wrote that email I read at the beginning ask a similar question. God, have I stopped? Have I just stopped listening? Have I just stopped understanding? God, have I put my life into neutral and I'm just cruising along on the fumes of what's happened before? So why don't you just give a moment just to talk to him, to ask him that question just quietly. I want to give you an opportunity if you're here this morning or watching um, online. Uh, maybe you're listening to us talk about this God of connection and it's not just that, you know, you might feel lonely, but actually you know that you don't know this God that we've talked about. You might have a, heard the Bible taught before. You may have been in a service before, but you know you don't personally know him. I want to give you a chance in just a second to respond to that um, because I want to introduce you to him. He, he's already been introducing himself to you this morning. Um, but he, he'd like you to introduce yourself back. And um, so yeah, I, I want to just give you that opportunity. If you want to give your yes to Jesus this morning, knowing that just giving your yes to him is actually just a, a, a partnership with him that begins today. It's not the end of the story. It doesn't mean that everything just gets cleaned up like that, but it does mean that you get to walk with someone who will journey with you your entire life if you'll let him. And so if there's anyone in the room today or maybe online who wants to, to make that decision while everyone else has their eyes closed and their head bowed, could you raise your hand just high enough so I could see it? Um, the reason I, I want to see it is just so, so I can be clear who I'm speaking to. Um, I think it's important that we do respond And if there's not, that's okay, but we can wait. I actually do think there is someone here. I also think that your name may be Sarah or Sandra. <laughs> so if you're here today and you're wondering, is it me? And I've just called out your name, whether that's online or not, and I'm not able to see the online responses. But if that's you, why don't you give me a wave? If you want to give your yes to Jesus, and maybe your name Sarah or Sandra. Anyone? That's okay. That's okay. That's okay. You will, even if that was you, and I actually do think you are here, um, there'll be a chance at the end you can chat to Joel um, and to Jenny. Maybe you just felt it was too much to indicate that right now. Um, or again, as Jenny said, we're just learning to hear God's voice. I could be completely wrong. <laughs> but yeah, why don't we just push in for just a little bit more, just, just refocus again. Holy Spirit, uh, we just... 
realize, God, our deep need for you. As we prayed before the service this morning, there was something as I was praying um, that I felt, I I didn't share this in the 9.30 service, but maybe I should have, but I just have this sense that God wants to awaken giants amongst us. We are in an area that we tell stories about giants, right, and throwing rocks at each other and Giants Causeway and all that stuff. But actually, this is a, a, an area and a place of spiritual giants in the past, and I believe he wants to raise um, some giants that have fallen asleep in our time. And so, Lord, I just pray and I speak that out over these people and over this community. God, would you raise up the giants again? Lord, would you raise up the giants again? We speak to the other giants that have risen up in our time, the giants of loneliness, the giants of poverty, the giants of addiction, the giants of apathy, the giants of other gods that have come up and idolatry in these times, and we cast them out in the name of Jesus, and we rise up the giants of faith. We rise up the giants of connection, the giants of adoption. God, we raise them up in the name of Jesus would you rise up wherever that is if, that, if you know that's you we, we rise it up in you where you've fallen asleep when you know there's a calling on your life to step out and to be the church to be who God's called you to be I'm giving you permission this morning I'll say wake up giant wake up because Christ is shining on you he has more for you than what you've experienced and I know that because there's always more so Father we pray for giants to rise up in this community I pray Pray over churches in this community that were once giants but have fallen asleep. Arise up, churches that have fallen asleep. And that's not a comment on other churches being bad and us being good. I just mean that there is more. There is more. Awaken the giants of revival, God. Awaken the giants of revival that we've experienced in this place before. A couple of hundred years ago, God, will we experience them again, but to an even greater measure, God, that there would be a revival that would come that would not cease. God, that it wouldn't rise up and fall, God, that it would be like a steady tide that just keeps coming and coming and coming and coming so that our kids and their kids and their kids and their kids would walk into the more that you have for them. Arise, giants. Come, Holy Spirit. Oh, come, Holy Spirit. Oh, fill us. Fill us today. Fill us. Yeah. God, you are an awesome God. And we love you. <laughs> Joel and Jenny are going to come and just close, but as we, as we just finish this time together, we say, Holy Spirit, would you send us? That even today as we leave this building, as we log off from our computers and, and go on to do whatever we're going to do, Lord, would we leave changed? Would we leave awakened? God, would we leave as a people of connection? God, desperate to do what it is that you have called us to do. Father, we love you. We want to thank you for your goodness and your kindness to us in your name. Amen. You can take your seat. Thank you for joining us for our podcast today. For more information, resources, and opportunities, you can check us out at CosmicCoastVineyard.com.